Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, your savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Lorraine L. Lorraine, are you ready to do this? Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Excellent. Let's do this. Lorraine is the CEO of Better Money Decisions and Better Insurance Decisions and has worked as an advisor since the 1980s. She's also the author of the book, Bozos, Monsters, and Whizbangs, Bad Advice from Financial Advisors and How to Avoid It. I'm excited to have you on. Lorraine, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Um, I've led a life uh, full of adventures. Uh, From the time I was a little girl, I wanted to travel the world. And uh, by the age of 25, I had been around the globe and uh, also lived in a number of different places as diverse as, you know, Austria and Saudi Arabia. And I think what that's done for me is given me a unique perspective on life and the world and how quickly things can change, but also, you know, how important it is to really understand what you value in life. Because I think that's what makes the difference uh, in whether you're successful or not in either your uh, work or your retirement or whatever you choose to do. So I've been very fortunate to be able to kind of fulfill my dream, even at a very early and young age. And really, my work now is centered to helping people have that same feeling of satisfaction and success in however they choose to either retire or continue working or whatever they do in life. So that's my basic perspective on what I do and how I add value to my clients. I think that's great. And that's in, in reading your, your bio and some background on you, we talked about how you started a marketing company in Budapest and you were in Iran during the revolution. And I think that there's a couple of different podcast episodes just there. But yes. That, yes. <laughs> That's a whole different right. story, isn't it? <laughs> Several. And I, I am a, a firm believer in how you look at a situation makes all the difference. And so the perspective that, that, that we have is so important in, in life and certainly it changes. And, and, and you talked about that right off the top. So I'm so glad. Um, how do you, how do you think we can do, or, or how do you help your clients do, or, or, or perhaps you don't do, do you, do you have a way of, of, of helping your clients find a positive perspective? You know, and and I'll tell you, that's a little bit difficult right now when you have markets like they have been behaving. Uh, people tend to get nervous. But I think it's a matter of bringing clients back to discovering and understanding what's important in their lives. I mean, what do they value? Because I have a, a saying that we use all the time at the firm, Better Money Decisions, is, you know, what's money for but to live the life you want? And so it's that... It's important to understand what you want to accomplish in your life and what kind of life you do want to live. And that way you can get the money working for you. So, uh, you know, I just think that uh, we've developed a program called Financial Wellness for Life that is a really very holistic, uh, comprehensive approach. But it all starts with that essential question of what do you value and how can we add value? to your life. 
And so that's that's our approach to the whole situation as far as finance and and what we do at Better Money Decisions. And that makes sense that that's that that should be the starting point to any real conversation about money and resources is really helping people to clarify and probably crystallize what their true values are. Do you find that that that, that people are are accustomed to talking about that or is this is that sometimes maybe something that they haven't articulated for some time? Well, yeah, I mean, some some people do. Some people are very self-aware and they really do understand what they want. And uh, we deal mostly with people either right before retirement or during retirement. And they have a very strong uh, sense of the, where they want to go with their lives and what they want the money to be used for. But there are folks that it's uh, it's a conversation. It's a relationship and you have to establish trust to kind of get them to open up and then really help them figure out what they want their uh, lives to be and how they want their retirement to look in the future. So that's not always an easy conversation, George, at all. You know, uh, it, it, it depends on the personality, but we try and establish, um, you know, that sense of it's okay to, to talk to us about these things and feel comfortable in expressing how they feel about um, their lives and their families and their money. It gets very personal, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that you probably are talking to clients about the most personal things in the world, right? Yeah, abs- absolutely, yes. <laughs> the most personal and, and certainly the most important and you know, people form their beliefs on these things um, just over time, again, shaped by the perspective and, and, and the worldview based on their experiences. So helping people to unpack these things and question certain values and reinforce others. Um, I'm sure those are unique and challenging and fun and frustrating exercises. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're good, though, because it really gives a sense of purpose and, you know, establishes with um, individuals, you know, what's the money for <laughs> and and how do you want to live? And so without that, it's difficult to even know what to do or how to manage the funds, because uh, if there's no sense of direction, then it gets very murky. And I think this is what happens with most advisors or many advisors, as well as clients, is they lose track of what's what are you here to do? How can I help uh, you as an individual achieve where you want to go because it's not always so simple and it's not always straightforward and you know life throws you a lot of curveballs too <laughs> stuff changes quickly yeah yeah there's there's no doubt about that I think that that is being able to critically critically look at different situations is a skill that not necessarily innate but I think that that's a great way to look at an advisor client relationship of just take a step back and say okay what 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 is this relationship really designed for? And it's probably very easy to get caught up in the minutia, but at the end of the day, it's it's I'm here to help you get to, get you to where you want to go. Um, can you talk a little bit about the about that financial wellness for life process? Um, I know that you talk about planning going in different stages, and why is it so important to have a defined process that you follow? Right. Well, you know, I don't even know how advisors can recommend uh, an investment strategy for a client if they don't first know who the client is. So we go through um, a very in-depth 
financial planning process, but it also includes a lot of what I've just talked about. You know, what are your, what do you value? What's important to you? Uh, what do you want this money for? What kind of life do you want to live? And all of that is then um, compiled into a very uh, in-depth financial plan, which of course is more than just the money uh, because it involves a lot of different things. But once we have that established and we have an understanding of who the client is, then we're able to figure out, well, how do we need this money to work and how are we going to invest this money so that it enables the client to achieve what they want um, in the future. And so that is only the beginning of it. It's also important to look at, you know, tax um, strategies and tax management. We look at estate planning. We look at legacy. We look at um, are they prepared for what we all of what will happen to all of us eventually, and that is that we will no longer be here. And what do they want that to look like? And is everything set up so that their heirs and the people they leave behind don't have a mess? And I'll. I'll tell you, we've seen a lot of messes we've had to clean up because (laughs) people weren't prepared. (laughs) So, I mean, things as simple as, you know, who's going to manage your Facebook page when you're gone? Mm -hmm. I mean, what's going to happen to that? Or, or, um, you know, do you have collectibles and does anybody know what they're worth or or where they are even? Uh, You know, there are a lot of details involved when you look at this comprehensively. Uh, We do a a deep insurance analysis uh, on all aspects of it, their insurance. And a lot of times we can save clients money because they're overinsured or they have a policy they really don't need. So, you know, it's this kind of thing where um, we go through the different steps involving all of these areas of their financial lives. And uh, then, of course, revisit them continuously throughout the relationship. So it just seems to me, I don't know how to help you until I know you. And yeah, that's did, what's critically important. <laughs> I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um and those are those are difficult issues to deal with. Where's the China going to go? Who's going to manage mom's Facebook page? All those important <laughs> questions. Honestly, I mean, we've seen <laughs> fights with uh, with people over uh, you know things like the China. And and honestly, though, what we're beginning to see now is that nobody wants grandma's China. Right. <laughs> it's like it's... you might as well just get rid of it before you go because you're. Your kids don't want it. <laughs> no use for it. I tell you. No use for it. No, nobody entertains like that anymore. Right. So, <laughs> do do you find that that there's a common area of the planning process that's that's most difficult for people? Is it making those kinds of decisions? Is it having those conversations? You know, I think it is decision making. It is establishing, you know, what they want and what they value. And as I said, you know, some people, for some people, they really have a clear vision for what they want and they are very self-aware. But for most folks, they really don't have a a concrete idea of uh, how they want this to work. And so that whole planning process, I think, is where uh, it, it's the most intense period of the relationship, and we spent a lot of time with clients at the beginning establishing the, the, uh, this uh, point of view. But um, and I think that is probably the most the most difficult. Um, you know, it's also uh, you know there has to be a right fit. It has to be that the person coming to us for our help has to find value in what we do. And not everybody does, George. You know, a, a lot of folks, they just want 
someone um, in what's the number let's get to the bottom line what's um you know how, how am i going to invest this money and uh clients like that are really not a good fit for our firm because we feel that we can't really help you unless we go through our entire process so that's what is difficult we've had to turn clients away um just on that basis um you know if they're not uh ready to engage fully with the firm in what we do, we feel that we're not in a position to add the kind of value that they need in their lives. Yeah, well, I think that that certainly makes sense. So both sides need to be engaged. So yeah. Bozos, Monsters, and Whiz Bangs, your book, <laughs> what, was the, what was the motivation? And, and tell me a little bit about the title, too. You know what? I had so many clients over the years come to me with these horror stories about other advisors and the experiences that they had. And uh, bozos, monsters, whiz bangs, those are just some of the colorful names I use to describe <laughs> <laughs> people, advisors who I think, you know, don't really uh, work in the client's best interest. And, uh, you know, I tend to be uh, pretty direct and pretty straightforward about what I think about things. And it the book was written not only as a warning to clients, but also as a wake-up call to advisors. I mean, if you find yourself identifying with one of these bozos, monsters, and whiz-bangs, it may be time to reevaluate how you're doing for <laughs> business. <laughs> that sounds like me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good thing. <laughs> you don't want to be one of the uh, examples of uh, bad advice giving. So. No, certainly not. So, yeah. Um, so it's certainly a cautionary tale for clients. Are there certain things that, that you find people really need to watch out for? I do. And, you know, the thing is, the the anecdotes that I relate in the book are all true. I mean, these are all true stories. And obviously the names have been changed to protect the innocent as the old, you know, dragnet uh, word uh, expression goes. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen uh, folks just give confusing advice, advisors who really don't understand, for example, Social Security. And I think the stat out there is maybe, you know, 20 some percent of advisors really understand how to help clients make that critical decision on when to take Social Security. So that's that's a pretty low percentage. Um, you know, I see accounts that were traded just, you know, randomly and unnecessarily. Accounts are full of a lot of extraneous, weird-sounding uh, ETFs or mutual funds that kind of sound sexy, but when you get right down to it, they're, you know, just in the S&P 500 so there's a lot of overlap in portfolios. Um, there's just a lot of bad advice out there. <laughs> I think a lot of advice that is um, has become so generalized. Uh, let me give you an example of this, George. The, the idea of you have to pay off your house. I mean, that's number one. Everybody needs to pay off their house. And when we really crunch the numbers on this, sometimes that is not the best way to go. And we've had clients come to us. They have a paid off house, but they have no money to live on in retirement. So how does that make sense for them to have done that and right. not, you know, establish some kind of retirement account that would produce cash flow for them uh, when they decide to retire? So, you know. 
that kind of one size fits all advice is something that I really um, object to. Um, yeah, well, I, I definitely appreciate that. So I think that uh, I think that the process you follow is certainly <clears throat> makes makes a lot of sense to me. And I think that it's it's of immense value and it makes sense to me to to try to figure out what's most important to clients and to start there and then to go through that definitive process and to continue going because like you said, life certainly changes quite a bit. So Yeah, it does. And people's perspective and people's um you know, events happen so that it may change uh what they see their life as in the future. And you have to be willing to help work with them and work through that change process so that they have a better understanding of how now we can make things work for them, even though their situation has maybe changed, uh, you know, in one way or another. And often the uh, divorce or the death of a spouse is one of those big uh, life changing moments. And uh, they tend to have consequences for how people view their investing and also how they want to live their lives after that event. So it makes a difference and you have to be prepared to work with clients through the change. No doubt. Well, Lorraine, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Okay. I have something that I call selective luxury, okay? I mean, this whole concept that, you know, you have to give up your lattes every day in order to have a retirement account, I think is <laughs> is very shallow. <laughs> and um, I, again, it goes back to that concept of self-awareness and what do you value? And if a latte is really important to you, that's not where you want to give up in order to save for retirement. You want to give up something like maybe cable TV or, or some other uh, uh, aspect of your life that you're really not that wired into. And that has to be an individual decision, but you can't have it all. And so that whole concept of, you know, select the luxuries that make you feel the best in your life and the ones that you truly value. And that is probably the best money tip because if you follow your values, you'll make the right money decisions. So that's kind of how I approach things with clients. Well, and don't feel guilty about it either. <laughs> I think that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. No, I think, if, you know, if, if man, if, if you love having a latte, you should not feel guilty about it. You should definitely enjoy it. So Absolutely. Get rid of something else. Maybe you <laughs> right. don't need 50 pairs of shoes. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> you make that decision. I, I, I love it. Well, Lorraine, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of your book? Sure. The book's available on Amazon, both uh, audio and print version and Kindle, of course. Um, we have two websites. We have a website called Better Financial Decisions. And on that website is just tons of valuable information. It's our writing, our blog, articles that we've uh, written, books are available. And uh, that would be a great place for people to start because there's just so much information for uh, many different stages of uh, someone's financial life. So I suggest doing that. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Lorraine your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to betterfinancialdecisions.com, pick up her book or the audiobook on Amazon. Thank you again, Lorraine. 
Thanks so much, George. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.